Hello, everyone. I'm Gorilla Monsoon. And I'm your host, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, why don't you be serious? You're not the host, Brain. Well, I should be. Chris Francesco is the host. Chris Francesco? Yes, that's correct. Huh. I didn't stutter. Didn't he get whacked in an episode of The Sopranos? Oh, give me a break. He hosts the podcast, Brain. Who the hell doesn't? Well, his is about wrestling. Who the hell's isn't? Uh, well, uh, he talks about old wrestling. Wow! What a novel idea. Oh, next, give me a break. Next, you're going to tell me he's got a wrestling-themed name for the show? Well, he, uh... Come on, Monsoon, spit it out. It's the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. So what? And it's starting now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I'm Chrissy Francesco, and I'm going to take something from who I'm sure if Brett the Hitman Hart met Dean Holzapple, he would say the same thing. I'm going to steal this from that piece of shit, Dean Holzapple, with me as always is George Rogers, or what we like to call him today, Johnny War the Third. George, what's going on, man? How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. That's good. That's good. That's what I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> what, I, what I will say, Simple though, to is, the point. <laughs> exactly. What I do want to ask you is, before we get started here, is what have I ever done to you <laughs> to deserve... WCW World War Three, nineteen ninety-eight. <laughs> what did you ever do to me? Let's see. Uh, let's just go recent memory. Ivory versus the fabulous Moolah. Uh, okay. That's what. That's what you did to me. To Touché. be fair, this now this pay per view is bad, mm-hmm. but there are better matches than this than there was in No Mercy, nineteen ninety-nine. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, tonight we are covering. WCW World War Three from way back in 1998. Uh, this occurred November 22nd. It had 250,000 pay-per-view buys, which, if I'm looking correctly, it was the lowest purchased pay-per-view of 1998 for WCW. Yes, it was. Um, so, obviously, I, I guess going into this pay-per-view, it wasn't something people wanted to buy and i and i wonder why i wonder what happened a month prior at you halloween know, havoc I, it, it, it it boggles the mind i yeah. just, i mean it, it was such a solid pay-per-view i can't imagine i can't imagine why, what i can't imagine why anybody would have stopped watching i know i can't i mean for the life of me you would think people had to watch like warrior and hogan again or something but yeah. um yeah. The one warrior nation. Distrucity. Um, So before we move any further, I just want to let everybody know that this is going to be a every week um, full-time show. Um, We we are back. I mean, the downloads are incredible. So um, with baseball season over, um, everything else is really not super duper time consuming at all for, for me. Uh, so realistically what prevented this from being, uh, a weekly show again was two things. One, my schedule two, my general interest, um, to cover or talk about anything wrestling. So if, um, to, you know, if, if it doesn't give you a hint that we're going to be doing the show every week, that I'm cool with, with doing that and, and covering and talking wrestling, um, then I, 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 I can't help you brother. Uh, but, and I'm sure George is here for the long haul as well. I think George is, is locked in full time as much as his schedule allows. Is that correct? Am I, 
You are correct. Okay, fantastic. Now, Chris, I'm gonna I'm gonna correct you for a minute. Uh, the baseball season is not over. There well, is still one series left to play. Yeah. Well, whoever watches it will be the only one. So, uh, for the four members of Creed are going to be watching. I'll have you know. That's a so, good point. So I have interest if Scott Stapp has interest. That's a that's a damn good point. And that's um, my sacrifice. Looking, <laughs> look, the, the Rangers can only go higher. So, um, and but what if Chris? What if they don't? Well, then they have one last breath. Well, you know, I, and then I will welcome them with arms wide open. <laughs> so my my only question for everybody here is, are you ready? And we're here <laughs> to kick this thing off in just grand fashion. Um, by the way, I if, want everyone to know that was a thousand percent ad libbed. It was. It was. <laughs> I didn't. Ha- I don't have anything in front of me to, to give me the Creed catalog. We're just uh, both lifelong Creed fans, even when it wasn't fun or popular to yeah. be Creed fans. Um, I know what they're, and, and I accept it. That is my own prison, so it's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. <laughs> That's all the Creed songs I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I, I love you so much for adding that last one in there. Um, so this week we had WCW World War III, 1998. Next week we are going to cover Bad Blood from 1997. Even if I covered it in the past, which I'm pretty sure I may have. I actually researched it when you told me you did not. Wow. But okay. Back in the er- back in the early days, uh, pre-Johnny War the Third, you and your old co-host Kyle, mm-hmm. you reviewed the Hell in the Cell match, but not okay. the entire pay-per-view. Awesome. So I'm I am really excited to cover Bad Blood in your house, Bad Blood 1997, because you know. One, it was it's actually kind of timely in in a morbid sense that we're covering that pay-per-view because Lexus King or Brian Pillman Jr. just made his debut on NXT. Uh in your house, Bad Blood 1997 just so happens to be the pay-per-view that occurred the day that Brian Pillman passed away. So um what a debut, by the way. Yeah, very that, much so. Did, did you see that entrance? Yeah, yep. Him sliding really cool. out in the him sliding out in the throne. I was like, all right, that's already a top ten entrance of all time. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I mean, there's <laughs> there was some really good thought process put into that. But look, I'm gonna Weird. be honest. I I thought, think NXT thought process, is, and they didn't just go with his name and then stick him in a tag team that is loosely based off of the tag team that his father had. Weird. <laughs> I will almost say like somebody was in charge of creative. You don't say. Um, so. I'm going to ask you if you agree or disagree, and probably every show we'll sneak in some current stuff here um, as I get caught back up with current stuff. I mean, I'm pretty caught up with NXT. You know, yes or no, George, NXT is the best wrestling show today. Uh, best two-hour wrestling show? On th- th- That's on TV, you said. Yes. So comparing with Raw and SmackDown and Dynamite the garbage that's the on, the, stuff, uh, yeah. on, yeah. on, on, on the Turner channels, I will agree with you on that. Okay. Because okay. even though NXT is still essentially developmental for all mm-hmm. intents and purposes, it's still the developmental brand. They are trying to build it into a viable third brand. Yeah. And yes, there are you know 
the matches are not five star quality, Dave, and they're and they're not going to be because it's still developmental. These are still people working things out. We just get to see it as they're working out, as as they're working out moves and what works and what doesn't work. That's that's really what it is. And I take it, I take it for what it is. And there are some really good matches that NXT pumps out. I agree. Um, so. For sure. Uh, I'm with you. Um, so, okay. Let's get to this. Um, but yeah, next week in your house, bad blood, 1997. It's, um, it's a good, it's a decent show. It's headlined by my second favorite pro wrestling match of all time, which is the very first ever hell in a cell. And in my opinion, it's just my opinion. Not everybody has to agree. To this day, I still think it's the best Hell in a Cell match of all time. Um, and that's Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker. Uh, looking forward to covering that next week. Um, so, I'm looking forward to hearing The Undertaker cover it because he's doing a podcast now. He is. And I think you have to sign up exclusively through his Patreon page, which I'm going to do. Um, I don't know when he's going to start releasing it on from a free perspective. But look, if he wants me to do minimal dollars to listen to his podcast. You count me in all the way. Listen, if he's not, if he's not releasing in like the first episode in Halloween, then he's literally not doing any justice to his character. I, I agree. I agree. He's a little bitch boy. If he doesn't release that on Halloween, Whoa, Um, you're just going to insult dark Mark right here on this (laughs) podcast. Dark he's work. coming. He's coming for you. I bet he is. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take him. That's fine. <laughs> Mark, Markness from the darkness. <laughs> um, all right. So here we are. We are fresh in the Monday Night War era. Here, um, we're coming off a Halloween Havoc, uh, which did have a good, a really good main event between DDP and Goldberg. Uh, but of course, that match was preceded by arguably the worst match of all time. And that was the sequel to Hollywood Hulk Hogan versus the warrior. The rest of the show was, again, it was okay, but that match literally brings any memory of that pay-per-view down to, you know, the bare minimum. Um, So here we are. And what's the WCW's answer to the Royal rumble, a three ring 60 man battle Royal with the winner receiving a shot at the WCW world heavyweight title in the future. Uh, This is actually the final incarnation of world war three. So uh, let's uh, see who comes out the victor. Shall we? Um, November 22nd, 1998 from the palace of Auburn Hills in Michigan. Yeah, That was like WCW, like prime WCW. You know, you got the Cow Palace, and then you got the Palace of Auburn Hills. Um, that was just WCW to a T. Um, the show opens with a package showcasing the matches coming up for tonight. It showcases all the wrestlers that will be involved in about a royal. It also showcases other matches of the night, which is most notably DDP versus Bret Hart. Um, as the camera comes to the arena it shows the arrival of bill goldberg i'm sure brett was thrilled um we are joined by shivani bobby the brain and mike today quick question a little sidebar here i want to ask you even and you and i we and dean we got into a discussion about impact or tna wrestling yesterday i believe it was yesterday may have been today what was your thoughts on were you a fan of mike today 
I love Iron Mike tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, I it was one thing I liked about the Luchador ma- uh, Luchador masks, the Luchador <laughs> matches was is that they would tell Dusty, "All right, go." have a hot dog, we're going to bring out someone who knows what they're talking about. Because Dusty would be like, oh, the Mexican jumping beans, maybe. He'd say some shit like that, and then that'd be the end of that. Yeah. But, like, Tanay would come out, and he would give you not exposition, but he would give you just a brief feeling of, like, oh, you know, this is why this person is so good, and why their styles mesh well together. Yeah. You know, they were trained in this, you know, by the same person, you know, and, and it worked. It worked on time. Mm-hmm. Um, the only comparison... That I have to it today is just uh, that idiot Excalibur on an AW, but he is pure exposition because they bring in literal nobodies, and then he's there to be like, "Oh, this here." It's like, uh, dude, like you're not telling me what's important about this person. You're just telling me where they're from. Yeah, like today no we go in, like today we get into it, and you know we we uh, do the play by play with Shivani. Mm-hmm. And it sounded professional. It sounded professional. Yeah, that's what I liked about today. Was that today was a the constant professional. By the way, just inducted into the, into the uh, Impact Hall of Fame. Him and Don West. Awesome, um, Don West. Uh, like 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 last week. So good for them. Also, uh, when I'm thinking about Don West, Mike tonight, I'm also thinking of Ric Flair. By the way, guess who the fuck just debuted on Dynamite tonight? Who? <laughs> I just said his name, Ric Flair. Oh, I thought you were joking. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I was just sent the clip along with the caption butts and seats. Uh, well, I mean, this is um another add, add another reason why I'll never put my eyeballs on that wasted product again. Um, he looks like a skeleton wearing a suit. I understand it's Halloween and all. That's brutal. Um, all right. So let's keep it rolling here. I will say, though, the first match, Wrath versus Glacier, listening to Mike Tanay put over Glacier was kind of something else to me. It was like yeah. an outer, it was like an outer body experience. <laughs> like, I, I'm just like, all right, all right. This is Glacier, Mike Tanay. This isn't like Rey Mysterio. This isn't some real special dude. I mean, but it's he, Glacier he versus Adam Wrath Bomb. Also. Well, that's Adam Bomb, damn it. Oh, excuse me. I forgot. I didn't know royalty was in this match. You're damn right he was. <laughs> from um, from Three Mile Island. Oh, God. Um, God, I love going back and watching Adam Bomb matches. I can't wait to cover a pay-per-view where he's actually on the, the show as Adam Bomb. Right, good. So 1994. <laughs> All of 94. Um, <laughs> at the end um, of this just ugly ugly match after eight minutes the fact that they these two got eight minutes was about seven minutes and 19 seconds too long um wrath gets the win i gave this uh a dud rating man like it was like a squash match you know glacier got some offense but not much um he looked weak um both of these guys like you know obviously weren't great workers not workhorses um Definitely a clash of styles because Wrath was a mountain of a human. Um, you know, they were definitely pushing Wrath at this point, so it made sense for him to get the win. But dude, what why is this the 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 lead? I mean, WCW used to have, you know, Johnny B. Bad 
starting off these pay-per-views, which was phenomenal. He's or, in the other company right now, so he's not right. opening their pay-per-views. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, WCW used to have really good cruiserweights open up these shows. Why are you starting with Wrath and Glacier? It was very clear at this point, George, when this is your starter match here, that the bloom was off the rose with WCW. Oh, yeah. Zero fucks given. It was just like, all right, we build these guys up. Let's just throw them out there and see what happens. It's not even that Wrath is a bad worker. I mean, he's just... No, I don't think he was bad. He was just in a company with people who... And he was stuck in storylines with people who really weren't good workers. I mean, yeah, Mm -hmm. we could talk about how much we liked Glacier as the gimmick because because of the clear... of the, 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 the clear ripoff of Mortal Kombat. But Glacier was not good. He was no. never good. No. And like mm-hmm. Raph had to carry him and he just never had the experience of doing that. Although uh, credit WCW for not changing the name of his finisher. So like he still has the meltdown. That's something you would have if Adam Bomb was your character. And you're, and you're from Three Mile Island. Like, like all right, let's just, let's just do this. That's fine. Oh, um, I agree. All right, so there's a video package after this of Bret Hart where he says he has a lot to prove in WCW. Boy, that's a friggin' understatement. That's, he, he, by the way, he still has a lot to prove in WCW. He still has a lot. They've been closed for 22 years. Yeah, ask ask Eric Bischoff if he, what he has to prove. Uh, he mentions all the people that he has run through already, but there is more to come. Um, next match here, again, just, just more trash. Stevie Ray with Vincent, the real show, uh, versus Conan. Conan grabbed the mic, did his usual stuff. Um, the crowd, he was over with the crowd. He always was. Um, but look, this match goes six minutes and 50 seconds. Stevie Ray gets gets the, the win here. Dude, it was hard, hard watching Stevie Ray when he wasn't with Booker T. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, bad. Like, it was embarrassingly bad. Of all the people you want to add to the NWL, you're going to add Stevie Ray? Come on. Come on. Nah, um, it didn't work for me, brother, but apparently it worked for the brother, brother. So, oh, uh, yeah. It, you know, this was a, another match. It was just both the, both of these dudes, completely different styles. It, it never got off the ground. Um, Conan, I thought, was always pretty decent with the right opponent. I never understood the popularity, I guess, maybe for lack of a better term. I never got it with Conan. And I know, and I've done my research, I know he was like the Mexican Hulk Hogan for a while. He was huge down there. But I never, never got it. It it never worked for me, brother. And like, I, were you the same way? Did you like Conan? Did you understand the popularity behind the guy? I didn't get it. I understand. And I'm sorry, I I asked you a question, then cut you off at the same time. I'm I'm a son of a bitch. I understand that he was a huge, massive proponent of the cruiserweights, and he really helped Eric Bischoff and company. You know, he was like that middleman to get cruiserweights uh, booked and to, you know, help their matches get put together. But Conan, the performer and wrestler on television, I could have done without it forever. I mean, I I don't have anything negative to say. Yeah, about I don't either. Yeah. Conan. It, and it's not that. It's not that I didn't like him, but I got I understood the I understood the appeal mm-hmm. because because of the fact that when he pulled out the microphone, 
everyone listened. Mm-hmm. Dude was fire on the mic. You know, Odele, Viva da Rasa. Like, you know, he was bowdy, bowdy, and rowdy, rowdy. So I was here mm-hmm. for it. Yeah. And even in, I mean, he wasn't sloppy in a ring, but he was never given a great opponent. And I think he was probably okay with that. I'm pretty sure he was all right with that. He because liked helping it, like, like he liked helping out the cruiserweights and working backstage. So taking a minor role in the NWO, he's he's probably cool with that. Yeah, because I mean, you know, not I'm not saying anything shocking. It's been you know 25 years, but if he was going to be any kind of top notch program, he would have gotten destroyed on the microphone. It, he wouldn't have been able to get the program over. Um, and in 1998, man, you know. To get big stories over, you had to have you had to be able to talk, um, especially in 1998. What was going on in the in the WWF? You know, you had. I, I, I think they I think they missed the boat by having. I know they had the LWO go on at the same time as the NWO. They yeah. really missed the boat of having Conan try to like tell the other to they try to tell the NWO, hey, you guys stop this. This is yeah. gimmick infringement. We're gonna come after you. And then you have Conan turn on the NWO, and then he becomes leader of the LWO, and the LWO becomes bigger. That's a great point. We should book that. Um, I, I, I just did. I, I know. I know. That's we right. should buy a company real quick and book it. Um, it'll definitely be a collision. That's for sure. I'm going um, to pitch it to Billy Corgan. I'm, I'm going to tweet it to him right now. You should. Um, <laughs> next up is... Ernest the Cat Miller and Sonny Ono versus Kaz Hayashi and Saturn. You're a real son of a bitch, George. You know that? Like, I can't believe I even had to say that out loud. It's it, it, it it's almost like I'm punishing you for something that you didn't do. Exactly. Yeah, but the weird like, thing was I was punishing myself because I picked this based <laughs> off of like three matches. Yeah. And then I didn't pay attention to the other matches. So I had to sit through it too. So I mean, it's like, this is the... It was like I just had a bottle of grain alcohol open next to my bed and I took a swig every time something shitty happened on the screen. It's like <laughs> I can't believe you're alive. Um, so it's it, it's one of those things where I like to say this a lot with certain pay-per-views. Ernest the Cat, Sonny Ono, Kazayashi, and Saturn. Which one of these are not like the other? So it's like what the hell is Perry Saturn I, doing in this? I feel like I feel like the answer is each one of them. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> after eight minutes and four, this had eight minutes. Uh, Sonny Ono. This went longer than Steve Ryan. I know. <laughs> I know. Sonny Ono and Ernest Miller get the win. Um, you know, it was all right for what it was. I mean, it didn't really have any heat. Nobody cared. Uh, you could tell that Hayashi and Saturn just didn't gel well at all. Um, so, you know. Surprisingly, Ono got a significant amount of offense in, although it was mostly kicking. Um, it was not the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, but I will say, I mean, the first three matches on the show, well, oh, man, if you're a paying customer here, you're you're literally saying to yourself, like, what the hell am I doing? Chris, um, I'm making you eat your Brussels sprouts before you get to have your uh, roast beef. So, uh, yeah, well, making you. you eat your vegetables first. Oh God! It's a bowl. Um, it's a bowl of soup, except instead of chicken broth, it's just it's piss that's been sitting in a bucket for two weeks. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, yes. Next up is finally a, a really decent match, and I, I've always been a huge fan of Billy Kidman. So WCW Cruiserweight Title Match: 
Juventus Juice, Juice Baby, Juventus Guerrero versus who's the uh, incumbent champion here versus Kidman. Um, this goes eight fifteen and a half minutes. The new champion is Kidman at the end here. He hit that shooting star press, which is what everybody was waiting for from the second that bell rang. This was a real solid match, man. Um, there was a lot of athletic moves. It didn't really slow down at all. Um, obviously, with two guys like this, they're not perfect, so there's going to be some sloppy moments, but it didn't take me out of the match. Um, I enjoyed the heck out of it, man. It was uh, another title switch between these guys, which has been, you know, a hot potato, that cruiserweight title. Um, this was a standout. Um, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Kidman. I always was. I still say to this day, he's got one of the best wrestling theme songs. You love um, that theme. I, I really it. do. I love it. It's not Buff Daddy, but it's Billy Kidman. Yeah, it's uh, better. <laughs> um, so what was your thoughts on this match? This was the first match that I saw. When I was scrolling through the like the, like the match listing, I was like, I want to watch this match because mm-hmm. you knew because it, it, it's Kidman and it's Juventus, so you know it's going to be fucking good. Was it a five star banger? No, but it was it was super entertaining. Mm-hmm. Plus, you had the little backstory there too with the LWO for sure. You know, yeah, Eddie, with Eddie, fucking Eddie slinking out like a snake behind Juventus. Really, yep. I'm like, like God, Eddie, I I miss him. But then like, because like. Ray was in the LWO for a minute, which is weird because I don't ever remember him being in the LWO. And then at the end of the match, mm-hmm. he basically helped Kidman win the match against Hubertoon screwing over the LWO mm-hmm. just to kind of give one final like F you to Eddie. It was uh, yeah. like uh, like it was it was a match with a storyline on the outside and it worked and it was so good. It really was, man. Um just so good. Um and by the way. Billy Kidman, he's a hell of a salesman. <laughs> he's got to be. He's got hell be. of a salesman. Uh, he's got. He, he's he. <laughs> that dude has got to have like a silver tongue, and I'm not talking about anything dirty. <laughs> I mean, he's like a. He's got to be a j- just a silver tongue devil and just the he's gift of gab. Because be. dude's the like gift of something. Five, dude's got like dude's like five foot four. Like I think I tower over him. So no way he's swinging Molnir just based off of anatomy. Well, Tori. So, so. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I guess if I had Tori, I'd probably grow an extra couple inches just out of <laughs> fear. That's of, true. Of having her point and laugh, of having her point and laugh at me. Oh, that's fine. I'll take it. And then I go and point and laugh at myself. I know. Uh, and next then I up, point and laugh at you. Oh, that's well, you did by choosing this pay-per-view. Uh, <laughs> Next up is Scott Steiner with everybody's favorite Buff Bagwell uh, versus Rick Steiner. <laughs> George instantly regrets choosing this when he saw Buff Bagwell. Um, I instantly regret choosing WCW. I know. Um, look, this this is a feud that was brewing over the last few months here in WCW. They had some face-offs, but most of them ended you know, being you know, overbooked, I guess is a good term for it. You know, the previous week on Nitro, Bischoff announced that he would allow Scott to pick a referee of his choosing, and he makes an entrance with Scott. <clears throat> and, you know, here comes Rick Steiner, uh, but he doesn't come out. I mean, his music hits, he doesn't come out. They go to the back where members of the NWO, um, Hollywood, uh, were just beating the crap out of Rick. Uh, the Giant brings him down to the ring and rolls him in. 
Buff Daddy and Scott pound on Rick in the ring as the referee cheers them on. Um, it, it it's it ends up being a no contest. Um, eventually, the the crowd finally gets really really into something here, and that's when Goldberg makes his arrival. Um, Goldberg comes in and just starts just destroying dudes. Like I I think he threw. Did he throw? Who did he throw? Literally across like two rings. Was that the referee? One of the it was that it was that it it was that weird fucking referee. I thought so. It looked Um, like he was burned out of one of Buff Bagwell's shits. (laughs) Um, yeah, Goldberg and and Rick Steiner they stand tall at the end of this. What was your thoughts on this? Do you think this was to push the story or just to get Goldberg out there? I was angry. I was just angry. It was. I think it was. It was to further the story to for for Rick and Scott. Yeah, that I mm-hmm. that that should have been a big payoff match, and I don't think it ever actually came. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah, it's like to me, it it was a way to just get Goldberg involved. Did he need to be? I don't think so. But I can understand if they thought you know Scott was that next guy up. You know, Rick and Scott by that point had had have had four matches to that point, and all of them were just a mess. So I maybe that was politics with a guy like Scott Steiner just not wanting to have a legitimate match with his brother. I don't know what it is, but you know, there's not many bigger piles of trash in the wrestling business than Scott Steiner. So it wouldn't surprise me um, if it was something that he was just dodging the entire time. Um, so the announcers. Um, I'm sorry. There's a scheduled match between Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Hall makes his way down to the ring uh, and has a, a, the entire entourage with him. I mean, Scott Hall just, you know, you know, uh, he's not no longer around to defend himself, but he just looks doped up. Like he does not look like he's in that arena. He doesn't. No. I mean, did you notice the same thing? Yeah. He just doesn't look like he's even in in the same building. He has no idea what's going on. Just a um, thousand yard stare. Yeah, and it sucks because when 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 he was on, I loved watching Scott Hall work. Um, to this day, it's my favorite working punch of all time. Um, so that that you know that that tells you how much I, I really cared about you know Razor you know slash Scott Hall. Um, Bischoff makes his way down the ring before Nash makes his entrance. Bischoff tells Hall. That the last time he saw him, it was an eye-opening, it was eye-opening experience. Bischoff says it's survey time and tells the other members of the NW Hollywood to attack Hall, which they do. Nash comes down to the ring and helps clear the ring. Uh, the fans are obviously chanting the outsiders here, uh, which causes Hall to throw up the Wolfpack sign, but Nash walks away from him. Then the announcers speculate, what does all of this mean? And then they say uh, Hogan might be behind the entire thing, dude. Um, But of course, um, Hogan's not on the show. So um, that that there's that. Um, So they go back to the ring to go to the next match. But I do want to add here, George, you could tell people sometimes forget how big of a man Scott Hall was when he was in that ring with. with Nash, he wasn't that far off from from Kevin, and Kevin's like six ten, a legitimate six ten. Um, but I'm pretty sure at that time, Scott Hall had to have been a legitimate what six seven, six eight at least, at least. 
Yeah, I agree. Bare minimum. Yeah. All right, let's get to this next match before we have to take a quick break. Um, WCW television title match, Chris Jericho with Ralphus, uh, the greatest manager of all time. George said it probably. Um, versus I'll say, Bob- I'll say it right now. You don't have to, you have to make a joke, Chris. <laughs> I love Ralphus. My man. Um, we all do. Um, Jericho going up against Bobby Duncombe Jr., Duncombe's making uh, made his WCW television uh, debut several weeks prior to this and went right after Jericho. Um, this match got 13 minutes and 20 seconds. Jericho retains the title. Um, two and a half. I give this two and a half stars, man. I, I felt like they both worked really hard, but it just never got anywhere. What was your thoughts on, on this Jericho early, early Jericho match? I mean, I love, I love early Jericho. Jericho, mm-hmm. I mean... At, at this point, he's the one who's you know, probably a little more seasoned than Bobby Duncan Jr. Yeah, and he, he and it was a it was a good match for what it was. It was a really mm-hmm. good match for what it was. Yeah, you know, there was no you know there wasn't any anything grandiose about him. It was just Jericho doing his typical Jericho shit, and you know, like the young and up and comer Bobby Duncan Jr. who's going to dethrone Jericho and he's going to take the TV title. But uh, yeah, it's it was what it was. But it was entertaining. But it wasn't a bad match. And I, sadly, I we weren't. And sadly, we weren't going to see too much more from Bobby Duncan Jr. because he was going to retire, literally not even a full calendar year later, and then die the next year after that. So, yeah, real sad story there. Um, all right, we're yeah. going to take a quick break so we can finish this on the other side. Uh, this is the Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. We're covering World War Three. From 1998, the final World War III pay-per-view for World Championship Wrestling. Thank God. Um, But we'll be right back in just a few moments. Um, So please just, you know, if we're not back in five seconds, just wait a little longer. Um, All right. Have a good one, everybody. Welcome back. Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. And we are back just in time for the World War III Battle Royal. Surprisingly enough, this isn't the very last match of the night uh, with the show built around the concept. Why the hell not? Um, either way, it's 60 men and three ring- rings. When 20 men remain, they will all move to one ring. You could be thrown out, pin, submitted. You know, I would go over who is in the match, but look, just look at the roster in November of 98, and that's who's in the match, um, including Chris Jericho, who was just out there. Um so at the end of this thing, man, 20, about 24 minutes, uh, Kevin Nash gets the win, which anyone probably could have assumed was going to be the case. Um, you know, Nash at the end, you know, Hall fights out of a corner with Lex as, you know, Luger eliminated Benoit uh, and Malenko is sent right out after him. Luger and Nash uh, show some love, some Wolfpack love. Uh, before all three men go at it in the ring, Nash starts working on Luger in the corner, but Hall cuts him off. Hall beats up on Nash before Luger comes in to make the save and works on Hall in the corner. Nash comes up from behind and tries to eliminate Luger, but Hall hits him from behind. Luger hits both men with flying forearms. He tries to put uh, Scott Hall in the torture rack, but Nash kicks Luger in the face and eliminates both men to earn a title shot against Goldberg at Starcade next month. I gave this one star. Uh, I mean, it, it, the whole concept is awful to me. I, it's so hard to follow. Um, 
what was your 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 thoughts on the battle royal and who won? Fucking train wreck. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a good concept, but too many fucking people. Yeah, I agree. Like you're basically like, hey, well, they got the Royal Rumble over in the other place. I got a great idea. Let's double the number and triple the amount of rings. Mm-hmm. Butts in the butts in the seats. That's what, that's what it was. I don't. I don't. I don't like the idea of losing by like pinfall and submission because how's how is any referee going to keep track of any of that? Action? Oh my god! I know. It's, I know. You know it, it's about a royal. You get thrown over the top rope. Like and it, and, and just it, 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 it's simplicity in itself. They don't. Yeah. You you're adding like a hat on a hat on a hat, and hey. Let's not all be too shocked at the winner because we know who booked this. And we know who booked the following month's pay-per-view as well. Um, Because, boy, it just got better from here. Whether you like (laughs) it or not, I'm next. Um, uh, Next match here, it's the main event. Um, I'm happy this end of the show. You know, looking back, of course, you would think the Battle Royal, which the pay-per-view is named after, would finish the show. But, boy, I'm... I'm glad that this finished the show. Um, WCW United States title match. DDP comes in as a champion versus Brett the Hitman Hart. Um, you know, and at the end, man, after 18 and a half minutes, DDP gets the win. I gave this uh, three and a half stars. It was really close to four. Um, damn good match. And I'll tell you, dude, God dang, DDP was over like Rover at this time. Um, he was all you know the people's champion at WCW at this point, man. Oh um, fucking hell, yeah! What dude. were what was your thoughts? Uh, were you a DDP fan back then? Ab- absolutely, goddamn, lutely, absolutely, God, I love DDP, especially blue jeans taped up ribs. DDP, that's my favorite DDP. That's the best. Um, the di- the, the the diamond cutter. It was just it. it the only move, I mean, even to this, even to this day, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was the only move that mattered. Yeah. No, the only other move that people popped as hard for was the stunner, which yeah. essentially, I mean, the, those moves are just variations of themselves. So it's, it's, it's very easy. Like the stunner would just was always always just a quick strike. That the the. The, the diamond cutter could be hit from anywhere, and he and DDP will show you from every single angle he's hit it, and it worked every time. It's beautiful, beautiful. I agree. Um, and as much as we, you know, we rip, um, Bret Hart, I've always have said over the last couple of years, you know, I've come to really, really appreciate Bret the Hitman Hart as an in ring performer. Um, you know, I think as an in ring guy, I, I maybe put two guys over him. That's it, and that's Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels. Um, but I'll, I'll I'll say this, and I know it's also Brett's fault because Brett has wrote in his own book that he never gave any creative direction for his character in WCW. He just came in, collected a fat ass paycheck, did what he was told, and then went home. But then, of course, wrote a book complaining all about it, and twenty five years later, just rips Eric Bischoff to shreds. Um, Brett just did not belong in WCW, dude. Like, as good as this match was, Brett just belonged somewhere better. He belonged in the WWF. And again, if only 
Sean and Brett could coexist in the same world, what the WWF would have looked like in 98, 99, 2000. Like they would, if they could have coexisted, bro, like they would have tore the house down for years. It would have been another, it would have been another, you know, rock Austin, but just better, not better in terms of, I mean, like, you know, the story, because, you know, there, there could have been legitimate heat there still, but they could have been able to coexist. Like, yeah. you know, Macho Man and Hulk didn't like each other during the Mega Powers, but they worked together and it was magic. Um, how tough is it to go back, Georgia, and see Bret Hart, you know, WCW Bret Hart? It's it's just kind of disappointing. It's like watching Bret Hart show up in ECW. No, I got your comparison. Go ahead. It's like watching Edge show up on Dynamite. Ah, that's a good one. Edge showing up in AEW. It just feels out of place. It, it completely does feel out of place. You could almost also say when Kurt Angle showed up in TNA. Yeah, but Kurt made a damn good but, career but, in the way he did. Oh, uh, but Kurt made it work because he's Kurt, Kurt. Kurt turned. Yeah, Kurt turned it around. Oh, I mean, Kirk Angle. It's, was I, mean, a I mean, I mean, it's still, it, it's still too early to really say anything about Edge and AEW. Maybe he's mm-hmm. going to do good things, but so far I haven't seen anything. It's just him saying, oh, Christian's a good guy. I was like, all right, I don't want to see this. Like, I mean, it's not that I don't want to see, but it's like, this is where you have no writers and it fucking shows. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Edge and you have Christian do something. Like, stop trying to make one turn the other one good. Like, it's like, Un- enough. Yeah. If you got the one guy booked as a radar superstar, Adam Copeland, and you guys push the envelope every week, I want to see this man fucking push the envelope every week. Not yeah. being like, oh, I wish Christian was my friend. Like, like, stop that. Yeah. Fucking like it's. We've already seen that. We've already seen it's old hat. Yeah. It, yeah. It, like, but, but like, Brett, and then Brett and WCB, he went in, he's like, you know, is he part of the NWO? Is he not part of the NWO? Oh, you know, he's working with the NWO, but he's not actually in it. Like, Jesus Christ, somebody, anybody, like, yeah. can somebody with a pen and a brain just <laughs> write something? I agree. I agree. Um, and it, it feels like, and I, you, I, it's, it's just because of who we know is there. It's the easiest thing to go to, and he's the easiest person to blame. Agreed. But it does make you wonder: Is Hogan purposely holding down Brett? I mean, Brett would make you seem would make it feel that way, right? I mean, the way he writes about how you know Hogan just dodged him for dating all the way back to '93. So, yeah, man, it's look. I I truly do believe. Probably 60% of the negative stories that come out about Hulk Hogan holding certain people down. Because again, in the wrestling business, why not? When you're on top like that, why not? Why not hold people down from possibly one day taking your spot? It's just business, man. It's just the way it is. Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre didn't want to help Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers didn't want to help Jordan Love. You know, Tom Brady didn't want to help anyone. (laughs) You it's just the way the world works, man. It's it's survival of the fittest, and that's just the way it is, especially in the wrestling business. Um, but still, you know, at least be a man of your word. At least tell Brett, yeah, look, I'm I'm screwing you over, but it's just business, pal. Like, just be honest about it. 
Yeah. Um, what I did like about this match, it did give the U.S. title a, a pretty significant shine to be on the line here. Um, but I will say I felt like the crowd was dead because of that 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 battle royal right before this, which is why, while I'm personally happy that the, the show didn't end with the battle royal, you know, 20, 25 years ago, I'm pretty sure that the pay-per-view should have ended with the battle royal because it wasn't fair to Brett and DDP here. Do you agree? Like, did you notice that the crowd just felt kind of dead? Yeah, the crowd wasn't into it. Yeah. They weren't they, yeah. they 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 just weren't into it at all. Yeah. I mean a little bit, you know, for DDP, but aside from that, they were you know sitting down, they were tired. But let me ask you this. Yeah. Go since ahead. we're on this since we're on this on this about subject. time somebody would ask me questions. Jesus God. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So so all right, all right. So let me ask you this real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh how big is Batista's dick? It's got to be at least seven and a half, right? Inches from the ground. <laughs> it has to be. Uh, yeah. But no. I mean, he's um, Drax. Yeah. <laughs> but no. So, um, the night in this same year, 1998, the yeah. Royal Rumble did not end with the Royal Rumble match. That's right. Does that bother you? Uh, y- yes. Because, like, I felt like even up until 98, like, the Royal Rumble always meant something big. Like to this day, it's my favorite pay per view still because the main event means so the the winner means so much. That's your main event at the biggest show of the year. So it 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 did it did bother me a little bit in '98 when that didn't close out the show. Um, all right. So all right. So now let me ask you. So if everything that happened on that pay per view, good and bad, and we know the bad that happened on it, poor show yeah. one. Yeah. Everything still happens the same way. Mm-hmm. Kane comes out, puts the Undertaker in a coffin, lights on fire. Do you do that and then have your Rumble match? Or do you end the show with that? I think you end the show with that because of the visual. Yeah. Right? That, that's that's, that's the only your, difference. But that's the difference. Yeah. You know, with you know, with this, it ends with DDP, you know, holding the title and you know going through the crowd. And, and, Which and, is, and, and, given, and, and given the crowd what they want. But it's only cool if you're in that arena. Yes. You know what I mean? It's not cool for the, the the people watching on television. When you set a coffin on fire and you go to black, it's like, oh, shit. Like, that's a visual for not – it's a better visual, actually, for the viewer than the person in the arena. So yeah. that's why, to me, if you set that coffin on fire at that rumble – Going off the air with that, you're right. That is more impactful than anything else. I so that's a great point. You in that instance, you 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 changed my mind. Yeah, but um, that's but that's but, but that's inherently the difference between right. you know WWE and, and WWE at, at that point. Yeah, is the fact that it's not even giving the crowd what they want. It's they were giving the crowd something that they wanted, but didn't know that they wanted it. Good point. Great point. That's, yeah, that's having, what... ha, like having DDP go through the crowd. Yeah, yeah. The crowd wants that having Kane show up, block Undertaker in a coffin, hit it with an ax a few times, poor gasoline side on fire. 
Mm-hmm. You don't know that you want that, but as it's happening, you're like, you you can't turn away. You're like, all right, what's going to happen next? It's like, did someone just die? <laughs> yeah, it's like there's, no one's dying in a DDP match. I'm telling you that right now. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, but all right, man. Like, out of ten, that's the end of this show. The show goes off the air with Paige celebrating with the fans. What are you giving this out of ten? Six. Okay. Um, Easy six. So, um, I'm going to give this a hard six. And I mean, like, a veiny hard six. Like, um, Sally Field is a hard six. Yeah, Sally Field hard six. Um, this show didn't embarrass itself like Halloween Havoc did, so that got some brownie points for that. Um, but I also wouldn't say it was a step up. It was, I mean, the first three shows like we talked about was super underwhelming, um, which almost took me out of the entire show. But once you got to Hoovy and Kidman, um, I, I I got back into a little bit. You you lost me with everything else in the middle. Then you lost me with the, the Battle Royal. But then again, you, you ended with a very good wrestling match between uh, Brett and DDP. Um, so, you know, you know. It, I had to give it a six. Um, it was, you know, the Steiner brothers were forgettable. Stevie Ray, of course, like I said, was just awful. You know, you could tell the wheels were falling off here. And, you know, we going on from here, this is the end of the year, bro. Like, we, it gets worse than this. And, I mean, you get into 99, 2000, you, you know, we all think – AEW is garbage, and it is. AEW is 1,000% to me completely unwatchable trash. But I challenge you, if you have time, if you're someone who likes to partake in drugs that make you a little lethargic and down, I am not. Um, I challenge you to go watch some WCW from 1999 and 2000. Let me know what you think. Um so that's that's what I'll say there. Um, all right, so that is WCW World War Three from 1998. It feels really good to be back as, as a a full time uh, wrestling podcast next week. One of my all time favorite shows uh, because it, it it's inside of it is my second all time favorite professional wrestling match. Um, we will probably go over soon. You know our, our favorite you know, Shawn Michaels matches that are non WrestleMania. So I do want to do a show where it's our top five favorite um, Shawn Michaels matches that are non WrestleMania, um, because that could be the entire list. Because when you're the greatest of all time, you know, WrestleMania is pretty big deal for the guy. Um, (laughs) When you're Mr. WrestleMania. Yeah. When you are Mr. WrestleMania. Right. So, um, you know, my favorite match of all time, which I've said this before on this show we said it before on another podcast that we did called Big Geek Energy. My favorite pro wrestling match of all time is still uh, Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. I believe that was a pro wrestling masterpiece, and it'll never be topped. Um, and number two is the first ever Hell in a Cell that I still don't think has been topped from a Hell in a Cell standpoint. And we're going to talk about that pay-per-view. Um, again, I, I wanted to also cover it because we just saw the debut of Lexus King. Also, his real name is Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, This pay-per-view we'll be covering next week was the pay-per-view where we all found out that Brian Pillman had died earlier that day, uh, the father of 
Lexus King in NXT. So a lot to digest for, for next week and get into. George, I'm super excited, man. Um, I think what we're going to do from now on, and I'm telling George this for the first time, and I apologize, everybody, I have a cold, so I have an awful post-nasal drip, um, but I'm a professional, so unlike another friend of ours, I will not be hacking on air. Um, I just deal with the pain that's sitting in the back of my throat. Um, so maybe Batista could take care of that. Uh, it, so He's got something for you. <laughs> Batista could take care of it. Um Maybe Mason Ryan can help me out. Uh, so, no, he can't. He can. uh, so what I'm probably going to start doing is we're probably going to cover pay-per-views based on what month it is. This is an outlier because World War III is a November pay-per-view. But when it comes to November, I'm, 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 I had no plans of covering World War III in November. Uh, that's going to be more of our Survivor Series month coming up. So what we're probably going to be doing from here on out is um, – George picked this show. I'm going to pick the next one. And then we're just going to keep swapping. I think that makes us fun and refreshing uh, instead of me just sitting here and literally for like an hour and a half running down shows that I want to cover. Um, so I'm excited to see what George has up his sleeve. Um, just to let George know, November is Survivor Series month. You can always, um, you know, veer off from that if you want for a week, but definitely want to do um a survivor series month regardless if we covered it already this is kind of like a, a fresh restart here so i'm excited uh to see what you come up with uh um, you know what else happened you know you no know other pay-per-view also happened in november what mayhem oh perfect that's also great... november also november to remember if i decide to pull an ecw pay-per-view oh great i gotta watch an ecw pay-per-view um, I mean, I probably, I mean, I probably won't, but then again, I probably will. You don't, <laughs> that's the, that's the beauty of it. You don't know. The only thing that's for sure about Johnny war. The third is nothing's for sure. Um, that is true. That's correct. And next and week, the maybe, and the third, and then hold on, maybe next week we'll have more Creed songs that will just ad lib to you guys. Um, but look until then, um, I'm Christy Francesco. That's George Rogers. And uh, we'll catch you guys down the road. Uh, at the hot tag podcast on Instagram. And we'll check you guys out here next week for in your house, bad blood, 1997. Have a good one, everybody. Bye-bye.